Hello and welcome to the first episode of Broken Beta. I'm your host Jen Gunn and I cannot wait to start this journey with all of you. Today we are going to be discussing my diagnosis story. I'm going to put focus on obviously when I was diagnosed, how I was diagnosed, the impact it had on me and my family and just how it got me to where I am today. So before we get started with my diagnosis story, I actually kind of wanted to address the name of this podcast and kind of dig into like the meaning behind it and what inspired me to create this podcast. So let's start with broken beta. Um, As my diabetics know, or anybody listening that's in the healthcare industry or just has a general knowledge of diabetes, when you have type 1 diabetes, it's not actually your pancreas itself, like the organ that stops working, because your pancreas actually produces other hormones, and we could get into that, but what I wanted to address is that there's these cells in your pancreas, they're called beta cells, and that's what kind of stops producing insulin. Um, for some, produces, you know, very little, kind of like a key for your blood cells. So if you want to think it, of it that way, um, the insulin attaches onto the blood cell and allows the glucose to enter your blood cells. When beta cells don't produce insulin or don't produce enough, obviously that key is not there to allow glucose into your blood cells. So essentially you have a buildup of glucose in your bloodstream and that's essentially what happens with diabetes, hence you know, me naming this podcast Broken Beta. I also just wanted to make this podcast because I feel like I have a very unique story and I've connected with a lot of type 1 diabetics and it's always just an amazing experience hearing stories or cracking up jokes or just being, it's like such a relatable community when you're talking to people who really understand you on a deeper level and I really, really want to make this platform and this podcast about connecting and just being real about diabetes, you know, talking about the good, the bad, because there are both. And I'm just really excited to jump on here and just create a discussion around type 1 diabetes. Okay, I just want to add, as I'm sitting here trying to record this episode, my pump keeps on beeping in the background because my blood sugar is a little bit high. And, you know, type 1 diabetes getting in the way once again. I'm currently at 12.4 and my pump won't let me forget it. Anyways, I really want to jump into my diagnosis story. I was diagnosed at the age of nine, actually not too far after my ninth birthday, which is really interesting. Prior to being diagnosed, I was off and on sick and I was going through a lot of interesting family dynamics um, around this time in my life and I was brought to the doctors a lot and I was told by my doctor that you know these symptoms were being made up and 
I was a perfectly healthy child, which I find interesting to this day because I was extremely skinny and like just by looking at me, you could tell that something was wrong. Anyways, I would go home and my grandmother who I was living with at the time, she didn't believe me because of course this doctor was saying that I wasn't sick even though I was and I went off and on being sick and then it got to the point where I was just bedridden. Some of my obvious symptoms which I now know were from being diabetic were I was really thirsty. I literally had like 20 water bottles like cans of pop juice boxes like beside my bed 24 7 like it was I was drinking everything I could all the time I was urinating all the time at the time I just thought oh it's because I was really thirsty so I'm peeing a lot but really you know it's a symptom of type 1 diabetes and high glucose at school I was just really really having a hard time focusing it was really hard learning being so unhealthy I was having a hard time focusing constant headaches just really feeling like not good like really low energy it was really bad my dad who I wasn't living with came over to take my sister and I out to watch Cars 2 and he looked at me and he's like nope we're going to the hospital um I was also a really stubborn kid at nine years old like I remember my aunt coming over a couple weeks before my dad did and she really really wanted to take me to the hospital too but I was like no I don't want to go like you know I'm okay I think at this point So many doctors told me that I was okay, that I actually started to believe that I was going crazy. Uh, But my dad wasn't for it. He's like, no, like you, you look like you're ready to pass out. Like he called a cab. We went to the hospital, actually did not remember the time between leaving the apartment and showing up at the hospital. I think I just, I think I literally passed out. There goes my pump again. Um, And I remember waking up in a hospital bed. I heard uh, the doctor talking to my dad. A couple words, you know, I wasn't like fully awake yet. The doctor turned to me and said, you know, you have type 1 diabetes. And then I just fell asleep. Like it really, like I was, I think... I could finally relax because I was in the hospital as being looked after. A few hours later, I woke up. Doctor was telling me that I was in DKA. Started to explain diabetes a little bit more in terms that I could understand. And I think I stayed in the hospital for, I want to say it was like a week to two weeks. Definitely a week for sure. Um, I was in urgent care for most of that time. My blood sugar I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was super duper high. Um, I was very fortunate that my dad slept by me um, every single night. He, I wasn't living with him at the time, and actually nobody that I was living with at the time, my grandmother, who was my legal guardian at the time, did not come to the hospital, which was a little bit stressful. There's a few things that I remember, and I will probably always remember. Like, there's memories that fade, but there's these few memories that I just hold on to, and one of them was how thirsty I was when I was in the hospital. <laughs> of course, my blood sugar was still high the first couple of days, and it took a little while for it to get down, but because I was on IV, I couldn't drink water, or at least that's what I thought it was because of. And so I remember my dad sitting beside me, just like swabbing my mouth with water because it was so dry, but I wasn't allowed to have a glass of water. Every now and then the doctor would let me suck on an ice cube, but yeah, that wasn't fun. I think like just during this time, like, I don't know if it was because I was in shock or if it was because like I was just so, so unhealthy and so tired, but like 
it didn't really sink in what was really happening. In fact, there's days where I look back to that time of being diagnosed and like things are just sinking in now. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that really happened. And it's funny how like so much time can go by. You just start realizing these things now and like these memories pop up. Sometimes I'm like, wow, like really that happened? <laughs> and it's it's crazy. But anyways, yeah, I was in urgent care for a while. And then I finally got a private room. And I remember my dad and I were so happy because like before it was just a couple curtains like in between the patients and there were some other really sick kids around my age. And I was at um, Sick Kids in Toronto when I was diagnosed. But anyways, we got a private room and there was this giant window, but the blinds were down. And my dad was like, oh, a nice room, probably has a beautiful view. He opens up the blinds and it's just a brick wall of the other side of the hospital. It was funny. But yeah, in the hospital for a long time, I had IV in my arm and they had a board under my arm and wrapped it so that my arm would stay straight. And that was really uncomfortable. It was, that was another thing I remembered is how hard it was to sleep because of that board. But a few days in a private room and then I was released from the hospital. I remember having to teach myself how to walk again. Um, my muscles were so, so stiff because I had not left the room. Like, I think when I was in the private room, I could finally leave to go to the bathroom. Um, I wasn't attached to a tube, but... Yeah, it was, it was difficult and especially going back to school like a couple of weeks later and like having to learn how to like run again in the playground, that was, that was interesting. But the night I actually got released from the hospital, at the time I was living in an apartment building with my grandmother, I remember walking up to the door and then just like extreme chest pain to the point where like I couldn't breathe, I was like hyperventilating. I was crying, so my dad, I think just because of the paranoia, he's like, oh my goodness, this is just a diabetic episode, like, we're going to take you back to the hospital. So we went back to sick kids, they did an EKG, uh, at first they came out and said that something was abnormal, so they wanted to redo it again, it, it, it honestly just turned out that, my pump again, sorry, it honestly just turned out that it was just extreme anxiety, I think, thinking back to it this day, I can understand it, but being a nine-year-old at that point in my life, I don't think I was consciously trying to comprehend everything that was happening, but my body, like, I could feel it, and I think that's where that anxiety stemmed from. I also want to add that I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and hypothyroidism um, at the same time. A couple months later, I was then diagnosed with celiac disease. So that was also very interesting going back home after being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and hypothyroidism. Like I mentioned before, nobody in my current living situation came to the hospital for any of the um, like education sessions or anything like that. I wasn't living with my dad. My dad, for reasons that um, we can get into later, but he wasn't around as much. And I was kind of just thrown in um, to it by myself as a nine-year-old. My grandmother didn't know what to do. She was ill herself. And the only other person was my older sister, who obviously was only three years older and didn't understand as much herself. And definitely shouldn't have been responsible for me but unfortunately I went back to living the same life I did before I was type 1 diabetic 
um, before I was celiac. Um, Gluten-free food then, I mean, still is, but is expensive. So I was living low income, um, couldn't afford gluten-free food. So I wasn't eating gluten-free food. It was really difficult. I knew I had these illnesses, but I wasn't able to handle it myself. And that was hard. Again, I think because I was so young and there were so many other things going on in my life at this time, it really wasn't on my mind. And it's really weird to say, because you, you would assume, you know, getting diagnosed with chronic illnesses, like, is going to be the n- number one thing on your mind. But as a young child going through what I went through, it wasn't. And I don't know, I, it just it wasn't on my mind. I was just living life normally. I, I did my shots still. I never actually went back into DK, which I was surprised by because I honestly had no idea what I was doing. I would see my dad every weekend and that's when my blood sugars were perfect and all this. And it was hard, but I eventually got to the point where people at school were worried and teachers saw how ill I was and knew of my illnesses and it was evident that like I wasn't being taken care of so I actually got put in foster care and it honestly changed my life for like the best like I I just became a totally different person and I know foster care system is a touchy subject but from my point of view and I only speak from my point of view it was probably the best thing that could ever happen to me. Um, I love my foster family, and I honestly think that like there were so many other things going on in my life. I think being diagnosed with type one diabetes really was that pivoting point for me. Like I, sometimes I think if I wasn't diagnosed, I wouldn't have met my amazing foster family, and I wouldn't have been given the opportunities that I'm now given today. Some of the opportunities I was given was as simple as just being able to go to school and learn. My living environment was now a very positive place. I wasn't having these extra stressors on me while being at school, which obviously when you have other things on your mind and you are a stressed young child, it's going to be really hard to learn. It's going to be hard to take in new information. It's going to be hard to memorize things, make friends, you know, all those things that come into play when you're learning. And I wasn't as stressed. And on top of that, my health was being looked after. So I wasn't having crazy blood sugars. I was eating the proper foods, which of course, health is a big part that comes into learning as well. Like if you're unhealthy, you're going to have a hard time learning. And at this point in my life, I was healthy. I was happy. I was able to learn, which obviously was life changing. I was also given the amazing opportunity to go to diabetes camp. I went to Camp Hironda and this was my preteen. So I think as far as diabetes and health goes, I was in a rough spot mentally. I think at this point in my life, it was hard, like the actual diseases itself, like being celiac, being type one diabetic, it was starting to hit me harder on a mental level. Like I was very much frustrated. I also at this point didn't really um, 100% understand my diabetes. Like I kind of got it, but not really. Like I said previously, like in the hospital, I was young, first of all, but I also was not given a lot of information because, you know, that was for the parents. And at the time, 
I didn't get that. So I got to go to camp and be in this environment where there was other diabetics, both my age, older, younger. The med staff was amazing. There was dietitians. It was just, it was very educational, but fun at the same time. Like I got to look around me and be like, okay, first of all, I'm not alone in this. Second of all, I can have fun. I can be a normal child living with these diseases. Another big thing like prior to camp was, oh my gosh, I'm celiac. Like I can't have all these good foods that other kids are having. And while I was at camp, they had these chefs that were amazing and of course always had gluten-free options. And it just felt good to be able to sit down at a table and while everybody else was eating these delicious foods that you know in the past I couldn't have I was now able to have them and that was also just life-changing another opportunity that I was given a little bit later in life when I was kind of in my mid-teens was being able to go to teen educational conferences and meetings that were hosted typically at sick kids and these events typically were other teens and their parents as well as nurses and doctors that specialized in type 1 diabetes sitting down and having discussions around type 1 diabetes and lifestyle so like pros cons how we all deal with it individually coming up with solutions and during this time in my life, I was very active. I was doing a lot of different sports and a lot of the other teens in the room were also kind of living that lifestyle as well. Um, And that was one thing that got brought up a lot. So that was really helpful for me in my journey as a type 1 diabetic, just being able to hear other people my age and hearing their experience and how they and their parents work together to come up with solutions and being able to hear the doctors and like their solutions. And of course, just something like that is going to be a little bit life changing because you're getting this new information, you're learning more. I think any opportunity to learn is amazing. And the point I actually really want to get to is being diagnosed with diabetes. It was hard. It had its struggles. Then I had a huge pivoting point where I was moved into a very healthy environment with an amazing foster family who to this day are my family. And I was then given these amazing opportunities to learn about my diabetes in different settings, different ways. But I really want to address that these events teach you more than just, you know, how to look after your diabetes and what diabetes is. I think diabetes kind of creates or forms this person. And for me, that was, you know, diabetes and these events taught me bravery. Um, It taught me determination. It taught me resilience. I feel like I matured in a very healthy way. I feel like, you know, these events, um, these things that happened to me, like this kind of bigger picture made me a little bit wiser and I understand things a little bit differently than maybe some people my age may not, but it's because I went through these events and I matured differently than some people my age did. I think it's also taught me empathy, strength and compassion and Yes, we go through these challenging events as type 1 diabetics, but if you take a step back and you look at, you know, what did these things teach me? Like, 
what parts of who I am today came from being diagnosed. And I think you might be surprised because sometimes I am. I'm like, I'll be in a moment that has like nothing to do with diabetes and I'll handle it a certain way. And I'm like, how did I learn to react that way in a situation? And I think it comes from these events that happened when I was a kid and one of them being diagnosed with these diseases. And I hope that after listening to this podcast today that you can kind of reflect. And I know it's hard because being diagnosed with, you know, any chronic illness is going to be somewhat traumatizing. But I think in all our diagnosis stories, there is a place that you can look that's positive. And whether that's, you know, having a supportive family, um, whether it's you know, connecting with other amazing diabetics or even medical team and staff or, you know, just looking at what diabetes has taught you, what traits it has given you. And that's what I wish everybody can do after listening to this podcast is kind of reflect on your diagnosis story and how it's made you the person you are today. As we wrap up today's podcast episode, I just want to say thank you for listening. Um, A little disclaimer, I'm not even close to being a healthcare professional. I'm not a professional in type 1 diabetes. I'm not trying to tell you how to manage your diabetes. I am talking from a very personal point of view. Um, Everything I talk about is my experience, and I hope that me talking about my experience just helps other diabetics know that they're not alone and some struggles they may face you know other diabetics face too i also want to say if you get a chance make sure to check out broken beta podcasts on instagram and facebook and then jen underscore t1d on tiktok you could also give this podcast a rating through i believe any podcast platform If you have any suggestions on how I could do better editing-wise, I'm very new at this, or even just any topics you want to hear me talk about, uh, make sure to like DM me, shoot me a message. I'd love any kind of feedback. I really want to make this a very open community, very transparent, and until next time.